0: The Lord loves you so much, and He wants to feed you with the spiritual food and help you to grow spiritually, understanding God's way and receiving His wisdom. Let us pray together so that we can open our heart to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank You so much, Lord, that You want to teach us Your Word, and You give us revelation and understanding and the light from heaven to know your will and your way, Father. Lord, we want to be effective servant in your kingdom. We want to be spiritually mature. We want to be like Jesus Christ. Therefore, please transform our mind, renew our mind, change our life to become more and more like our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. In this lesson, I would like to talk about God uses women to serve him in the kingdom of God. I have taught this truth a few times already, and I would like to encourage you to listen to the previous teachings. Lesson number one is Christian women can serve God. Number two, serving with a submissive and peaceful spirit. And number three: women can teach and prophesy. Three lessons that I taught in the past. I would like to continue to talk about women in God's church. The reason we need to teach this lesson because of the controversy that comes from the interpretation of the scripture in the book of First Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 to 12. Let me read from the New King James Version. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith. And truth. I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner, also, that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, and with propriety and moderation, not with bearded hair, or gold, or pearls, or costly clothing but which is proper for woman professing godliness and with good works let a woman learn in silence and with all submission and i do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man but to be in silence the controversy of a woman place in the church through years has revolved around culture, tradition, and of course, the interpretation of 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 to 12. We have heard from some churches or some denomination that women cannot teach, women cannot serve, they have to keep quiet, shut their mouth, and they cannot do anything in the church. Culture and tradition have been commonly used, although not admitted, in the interpretation of this portion of Scripture, as well as others to the confusion of Bible truth. Each nation, each society, has its own culture and tradition. Culture changes from time to time, country to country, people to people, Why tradition does not do anything good for the the scripture tradition also changed from time to time, from generation to generation. As a result, divisions in the body of Christ have been created. One church may have a doctrine that is affected by the culture of that society or the tradition of that nation. Another church interpret the Bible according to their culture and tradition. Let me explain to you very important truth regarding the rules of hermeneutics or the rule of interpretation of the Bible. Culture and tradition are not sound basis for the interpretation of Scripture. To the contrary, Scripture must interpret Scripture. There are then four rules which must be considered. Rule number one, Scripture, long or short must be interpreted within the confines of the setting in which it is found. Rule number two. Scripture must be interpreted within the confines of the book in which it is found. The book of Galatians, the book of Colossians, the book of Matthew, the book of First Peter, Second Peter. The scripture must be interpreted in the boundary of that book as well. Rule number three. Scripture must be interpreted within the confines of the testament in which it is found. Rule number four. Scripture must be interpreted within the confines of the whole Bible. Therefore, our interpretation of the Bible must be based on these four rules. Not by cultures, not by traditions, not by experiences. Experiences should support the interpretation but we cannot use experiences to interpret the Bible. These four rules mean that we are not at liberty to take a scripture out of context and interpret it in light of culture, tradition, or our biases, our prejudice, or our experiences. To take the Word of God out of the context of these four rules is to corrupt the truth of the Word of God. One more thing that we have to consider. To teach a truth at the expense of other truths which are being taught is no longer truth. You can come up with a doctrine that is so opposite to other main doctrine in the Bible. That doctrine is wrong because all the truths in the Bible must go together in harmony. Truth must balance truth. So the whole word of God must come into play. Let us consider one other error which is commonly used to limit the scripture or to have the wrong interpretation of the scripture. This kind of comment, that was in the Old Testament. This kind of comment is suggesting that because this scripture is in the Old Testament or the principle comes from the Old Testament, it is not for us today because we are living in the New Testament time. For example, there is a teaching that says musical instruments are not to be used in our worship today as that was in the Old Testament time. If we were to follow that line of reasoning, all the doctrines of the Christian faith would be void, because all the doctrines of our faith are found in the Old Testament. The Old Testament Is a seed bed or is the foundation of all the doctrine and our faith why the New Testament is the formulation of that doctrine. Or in other words, the Old Testament is a type and a shadow of the principle of God. And that type and shadow of the principle of the doctrine in the Old Testament are fulfilled in the New Testament. We must be prepared to interpret the scripture with the honest heart, and we should not form any doctrine that contradict both the Old and the New Testament. Now, after we learn all this principle, I would like to talk about the place of women in the local church. God did use women in the Old Testament. I'm going to read many scriptures to show you that God has used His female servant for many centuries even in the Old Testament. For example, Miriam was a prophetess. Exodus chapter 15, verse 20. Then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the trimble in her hand, and all the women went out after her with trimbrows and dances. The Bible called Miriam the prophetess. Deborah was a judge, and a prophetess. Judges chapter 4, verse 4. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. Okay, Miriam, Deborah, look at another woman in the Bible. God uses women to serve him. Abigail counseled and admonished David, the future king of Israel. David took her advice and thanked God for it. What happened in 1 Samuel chapter 25? David would like to come to the household of Nabal and he want to seek some help from Nabal. During the meantime, the men of David always take care of his property and his men. But when David sent his representative to talk to Nabal, The husband of Abigail, Nabal, really looked down on David. He was speaking despising words against David. Wow, David was so upset. He swore to God, by the next morning, every man in that household would be killed. So he took a big army, a big group of people, and traveled to Nabal's home to kill all the men because he was so mad that he was protecting the land for him. He was serving and helping the servant of Nabal, but Nabal sinned against him. So look at what Abigail, the wife of Nabal, did in 1 Samuel chapter 25, verses 18 to 29. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five sears of roasted grain, one hundred clusters of raisins, and two hundred cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. And she said to her servants, Go on before me. See, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. So it was, as she rode on the donkey, that she went down under cover of the hill, and there were David and his men coming down toward her, and she met them. Now David has said, Surely in vain I have protected all that his fellow has in the wilderness, his men, neighbours, so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him. In other words, David and his men protected the property of Nabal and Really did good to this family, and he has repaid me evil for good. May God do so, and more also to the enemies of David, if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. In other words, all the men in that house would be killed by David's men. Now, when Abigail saw David, she hastened to dismount from the donkey fell on her face before David, and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, On me, my lord, on me, let this iniquity be. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears, and hear the words of your maidservant. Please let not, my lord, regard this scoundrel Nabal." For as his name is, as is he, never is his name, and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord, whom you sent. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand. Now then, let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as neighbors. And now, this present which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who followed my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house. Because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord, and evil is not found in you throughout your days. Yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life, but the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God, and the life of your enemies he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. Verses 32 to 35, this story tells us that Abigail came to David with a humble heart and asked him to forgive her husband and forgive her, her household, that David would not kill the men in that household. Look at verse 32 to 35. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice, and blessed are you, because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hastened and come to meet me, surely by morning light, No males would have been left to Nabal. David received from her hand what she had brought him, the gift, the present, and said to her, Go up in peace to your house. See if I have heeded your voice and respected your person. You can see here that God used Abigail, a woman, to really speak words of encouragement to the man of God, David, who was so upset at that time. He wanted to take revenge himself. He wanted to use his own knife and his men to kill all the men in that household. He wanted to take the matter to his own hand. But God used Abigail to really remind him to not do that, to really leave the issue to God. If you read, The story, more and more you find out that Nabal eventually died by the hand of God. David did not have to take any revenge. You see, God used Abigail, a woman, to serve him, to remind David of God's mercy. There is another woman in the Bible named Huda, the prophetess. Many high-ranking men came to commune with her, or to talk to her in order to receive information she was recognized as a woman worthy to be consulted by the king second kings chapter 22 verse 14 so hilkiah the priest akhiyam akbor shafan and asiah went to huda the prophetess the wife of Shalom, the son of tikwa the son of har keeper of the wardrobe. She dwelt in Jerusalem in the second quarter. And they spoke with her. You can see God used another lady to become a prophetess and give counseling to many men. Look at another woman in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that God used her, Esther. Esther was brought to the kingdom by God to save her nation, Israel. You see, Esther was used by God too. Can God use women? Yes. Can women serve God? Yes. There are many other women whom God raised up to minister to God's people. The principles of God do not change. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. His methods may change, but he never changes his principle. One greatest unchanging principle of God is God uses his people, whether male or female, to carry out his purposes. People consist of male and female in the world. God can use men and God can use women. He uses whomever will be used. He uses whoever that is willing to be used. God can use both men and women. God did not change his principle with the coming of the New Testament or when the church was born in the New Testament time. He did confirm this principle even on the day of Pentecost. The Father poured out His Spirit on approximately 120 disciples in the upper room. Men and women were in the upper room. In Acts chapter 1, 13 to 14. The Holy Spirit was given to these disciples, men and women. He anointed them so that they can preach the gospel, make disciples, and build his church. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, men and women, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And those people in Jerusalem heard them, men and women, speaking in their own language. The wonderful works of God. Come to this point. If you try to suggest that women were not used here on earth for God in the same capacity as men would do, you are giving injustice to God. You are trying to say that God is unjust. You try to blame the Bible that the Bible really shows us injustice. The Word of God and His plan follow His character. He is the God of justice. In the closing chapters of the full gospel, God used women to bring the message of His resurrection, Jesus Christ, the resurrection of the Son of God, to the disciples of our Lord. This woman did not do this at their own will, but at the command of the angel of the Lord. Matthew chapter 28 verses 1 to 8. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, two women, came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the gods shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, not to the man, to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out, these two women went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to, to bring his disciple word. God sent an angel to speak to this female disciple, two of them, to see the resurrection of Jesus and also to report the resurrection of the Son of God to the disciples. God used women again here. As these two ladies went according to the command of the angel, the Lord Himself met them and told them to meet Him in Galilee and our Lord sent a special message to Peter by this woman Mark chapter 16 verse 7 the Lord said to these two women but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee there you will see him as he said to you it is rather interesting that our Lord rebuked the male disciples for their unbelief, because they did not believe these two women's message and report in matthew twenty eight verse seventeen when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted Mark chapter sixteen verse fourteen later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those. Who has seen him after he had risen? You can see here that the two women told the disciple, and some of them did not believe what they said. Can God use women in the church? Yes. Did God use women in the Old Testament? Yes. Did God pour the Holy Spirit upon both men and women? Disciple? Yes. Did Jesus use Two female disciples to tell the message of resurrection? Yes. In Acts chapter 18, we found Aquila and Priscilla, husband and wife, ministering to one of the disciples of the Lord. His name is Apollos. God used both husband and wife. Woman is used too with her husband. Acts chapter 18, 24 to 26 Meanwhile a Jew named Apollos a native of Alexandria came to Ephesus. He was a learned man, he was an educated man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately. Wow, this man was a preacher. He was a very godly man. Though He knew only the baptism of John. Verse 26, So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Aquila and Priscilla, his wife, the woman, heard him. They took him aside, both of them, the husband and the wife, and explained to him the way of God more accurately. It is quite evident that Priscilla has some part in this ministry to educate, train, and edify Apollos. Can God use women in the church? Yes. Let's look at another scripture, Acts chapter 21, verses 8 to 9. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Can woman prophesy? This is in the New Testament. Here, this reference is made to Philip, who had four daughters who were prophetesses. Why no mention is made of what part they took in the ministry of Paul at that time. The very suggestion that they were referred to as prophetesses is to declare that they had a proven ministry and that they were recognized by the church. They were able to prophesy. Let us consider another situation in the New Testament. In the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote to the assembly in Corinth. Would it be wrong to assume that this church at Corinth consisted of a body of the redeemer of both men and women? No, it's not wrong. That church has both men and women as members. Let us note that in chapter 12, 13 and 14, Paul did not single out the females to declare that they have no part in the ministry of the church. On the contrary, he did declare that this is a group of saints, although many are one body, whom God has set in the body as it has pleased him. If we were tempted to suggest that the females of this body were less honorable than the males, Paul, by the Spirit, has a word for us to correct us. Let us read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 21 to 25. Slowly and notice God's attitude concerning the members of his church. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, Those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, on this we bestow greater honour. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. It's so clear. You are part of the body. You can be male or female. You can be poor in economy. You can be rich person. You can be highly educated, uneducated. You may be a pastor or you may be working in the Sunday school program or archer or greeter. Everyone is important in the eyes of God. Both male and female members are important in the eyes of God. When you read the scripture, it's so clear that everyone in chapter 12, 13, and 14 in the church at Corinth was included in the ministry as members Of the body of Christ. Whether it be in prophesying, teaching, speaking in tongues, interpreting of tongues, what Paul wrote to the church is evidently divine order. So at this point, I would like to encourage all of you to really believe in the whole context of the Bible. Just reading all this scripture is so clear that. God can use both men and women of God to serve him in a different ministry with the different callings, giftings and passions. Please don't look down on women in the church. God can anoint women to serve him, not just only men. Please honor one another. Next time when I come back for the next teaching. I would like to explain in detail about 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 to 12. I'm going to explain that scripture in detail by using the four rules of how to interpret a scripture or a passage of scripture again. I know that this teaching is like a Bible study. I believe that you are the type of Christian who want to really Divide the Word of God in detail and you understand the Word of God in the correct way. You want to have the right biblical doctrines in your life. You don't want to be deceived by anybody or you don't want to use culture and tradition to interpret the Bible. At this point, I hope it's clear to you, God can use women to serve Him in His kingdom. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can read all these scriptures in the Old Testament and in the New Testament and understand your principle concerning women in the church. Lord, we surrender to your word. We want to submit to you. We want your word to renew our mind. And we don't want to argue with you. You Send your word to us to heal us, heal our mind, our spirit, and our body. Lord, from now on, we understand that you can use women in your kingdom, in your local churches, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for using women in many generations and the generation to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. I hope to see you in the next teaching. And I invite you to listen to the first three teachings. I talk in detail about women in the church. God bless you. See you in the next teaching. We trust that this message is ministered to you.